can you stop breathing in my ear? No. You guys, this is kind of stupid. Are you sure you didn't see, like, a raccoon or, like, a possum? There! Is that a free-floating metal muncher? Definitely class five. Okay, uh, what do we do? Let's get off. What? We get a photo first. What's going on? Good to be back. Yes, sir. Good to have you back. And in the audience, in the background, you're going to hear them. You're going to hear them clapping. You're going to hear them saying stuff. You're going to hear them screaming. Clean. Oh, shit. Mill. I think I got, I think I got cool to say it when we started recording. Well, boy, you was super action-packed. Now, you know, so you yeah, man, so I'm trying to be cool while I'm on video, so you have to do your thing. <laughs> When I was watching computers. So it's good to have both of you on. So this is the thing, though. The reason why uh, Clean is in the, in the, I, I would say the audience, not, not necessarily the audience. It's just the fact that he didn't see Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, you know, that's why, you know, you know, he's going to be probably making statements in the background. Maybe so, maybe not. You might hear something. But anyway, you know, so before we get into it, Vic is a little upset that he found out that Gal Gadot has no buttocks. So today we're going to be reviewing. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Before we get into both Ghostbusters Afterlife, would you like to say anything, Vic? I could care less about girl, Gal Gardas, Gat, or whatever the hell her ass is. She had, I don't give a damn about her ass. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. Like, really? The Gal Gadot. No, no. Yeah, no, no. But, yeah, so uh, we're going to be reviewing Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, the director for this film is Jason Redman. He directed Juno and Thank You for Smoking. Now, have you seen any of those movies? No, not one. Oh, okay. And you have the writer, Gil Keenan. He directed Poltergeist 2015 and Monster House. Jason Rittman also wrote The Front Runner and Labor Day. And Dan Aykroyd wrote Ghostbusters 1984 and also Ghostbusters 2 and Blues Brothers and Blues Brothers 2000. I didn't know. I didn't know Dan Aykroyd got writing credits on Ghostbusters. And yeah, I didn't know that either. That's, that's and uh, the other one, um, <clears throat> who was a Poltergeist, um, who was the writer of Poltergeist. Oh, uh, Gil Keenan. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised though because and he knows uh, Poltergeist 2015. That shit. It, uh, that's interesting. But I, I would expect 
I mean, a reflection of his work, you know, to, to be displayed in his film. And I, and I really didn't see that. But, I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying. If you think Vic is a little grumpy, that's because he just found out that Gal Gadot has no ass. <laughs> that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why you're going to feel it. But no, so the log line for this film a family that has fallen on hard times acquires property from a relative that passed away. Later, finding out their late relative has predicted the end of the world with very limited preparations. Now, the characters for this film, you have Phoebe, played by Makina Grace. She was in The Haunting of Hill House and Gifted. Now, Vic, have you seen The Haunting of Hill House, the series, Netflix series? No. Oh, you got to watch that. You will love it. It's really good? It's really good. It, it's it's pretty creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, I like creepy stuff. And so. the shocks that they use mm-hmm. in it, it's very, it makes it more, gives the experience more of a creepy vibe to it. Okay. I mean? So okay. definitely, you got it. It's two of them. It's two seasons. Okay, uh, nice, nice. I'll check that out. Yeah, so then you have uh, Trevor, played by Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> I took, uh, he played in Stranger Things, It and It Chapter 2. And you have Callie, played by Carrie Coon. She was in Gone Girl and Avengers Infinity War. Podcast, played by Logan Kim. He was in Home Movie and Princess Bride. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have Lucky, played by Celeste O'Connor. She was in Freaky and Salah and the Spades. And you have Gary Gruberson, played by Paul Rudd. You might have seen him in Ant-Man 1 and 2 and The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Guess what, gentlemen? What? I have a Paul Rudd story. Really? Go with it. So, <laughs> if you listen to this, I can get in trouble. Um, <clears throat> now, who, who is Paul Rudd again? Ant-Man. Okay, go ahead. So, there was a hotel. Next to the hotel, there's a restaurant. Mostly specializes in dairy, not dairy. Mostly specializes in desserts. <clears throat> now, Paul Rudd was staying at his hotel at this hotel and the concierge tried his best to make sure Paul Rudd felt comfortable like printing out pictures of him and his family him and his wife and decorating his room now I felt like that was kind of weird because I don't you know like if the person didn't want that why do it but you got to go over and beyond in the hotels so anyway Paul Rudd and I can't think of the actor he played in um uh what's that dodgeball dodgeball he played in dodgeball so they ended up <laughs> getting head from the waitress that was in the dessert restaurant. Yeah, this is real? This is real. Real talk. The actor? The actor. Wow. <laughs> real I mean, talk. you know, stars do shit like that. that, that like, I mean, we sometimes you kind of feel he, like because they're actors and shit, you know what I'm saying? Them niggas be doing some crazy shit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you? Yeah, but, I probably will use my star power. But, but, but the funny Abuse. thing was... He's doing. He's probably doing. I, I don't know where you did this, but I who was, knows? I, I was thinking about like, could you imagine doing like somebody actually making copying copies of pictures of your family and putting it all over your room and you get your head 
Oh no, I couldn't do that. No, that's sleazy. That kind of sounds kind of weird. Yeah, no, that just sounds like trash, yo. So I mean, not saying he did that. Not saying he did. So what did he do? He just got hit. Let me check. What the? But so where does the picture comes in? I don't know. Did she say that he she sucked his dick? I forgot how to start the story. I think the girl she went into his wife. She was cute too. No red ball shit. So how does this tie into the movie again? Oh. Starring Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good intro. Good intro. Good intro. Bing, ow, ow. story so you have family of three mother son and daughter suffer from hardships as they move into their relatives home after he is deceased while finding out the earthquakes are leading to a much larger problem the children are led by a mysterious entity to help find clues that leads them to an archive of ghostbusters equipment and a larger plan to stop an apocalypse would you agree with that it sounds sounds like the movie. Okay. Yeah. Now, so let's go ahead and get into it. I I would like to do my likes because I know you have very limited likes. So maybe if I did my likes, it might spark some likes in your head. You know, you normally I let the guests go first, but I was just thinking maybe you know that might help. That you know definitely probably will help. Okay. The callbacks, the state puff marshmallow. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the antagonist, Zool. <clears throat> also, the heavy panting. I remember uh, Remember when the mother, was, mm-hmm. uh, she was doing that heavy panting. Mm-hmm. You know when I was a kid, when Sigourney Weaver was doing that on Ghostbusters 1, that, was, that turned me on as a kid. Like, I thought it, it, that, that was, like, close to sexuality for me. Like, so when perfect, she was floating man. in the air and she was panting and shit. And she had to <clears> remember <throat> her red-ass nail polish. I don't know why I remember that. I was very vivid as a kid. That was Ghostbusters 1? Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters 1. Yeah. When yeah. she was the gate, the gatekeeper. Oh, the gate, gatekeeper, yeah. One of them big ass dogs. Yeah. yeah. In the middle oh, of the cool. key master. I mean, it wasn't cool, but it was, I don't know. It's- she gave that lame ass dude them draws. Them demon draws. Oh, the, this, they, they did do it? They did do it. They, they, they did, did do it. Kiss. They kissed. No, they did do it. No, nah, they, they, didn't, they didn't meet up till, uh, to that point, she was she was trying to have sex with it was Bill age, Murray. Like, like chicks like that wasn't really doing it with lame dudes back then. They was just kissing. Remember, she was she was with Bill Murray, and the whole time she was trying to get some from Bill Murray. Bill Murray was like, "Nah, I don't want to do it with you." You know what I'm saying? And then that's when the other uh, guy he got caught at the, at the party or whatever. But then they were all separated. Cause remember, the whole time they were trying to keep her from going to the location and then at the end they met up and they kissed each other and then they went up the steps. Oh, I thought when dogs. they when they when they um when they went up the steps after kissing was to like get it in. That's what nah, I see they got turned into dogs right away. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh but yeah but anyway, yeah but the helmet, I thought that was pretty cool that um I believe that Rick Morris Moranis. I thought he was dead. I come to find out he's not even dead. But yeah, uh, he's still alive. 
Yeah, Rick Moranis says. He said you'll never do Ghostbusters again. I haven't even seen him in movies. Why you don't like Ghostbusters no more? I don't know. I don't know. They fucked up his image, probably. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Rick, Rick Moranis and uh, the late Hal Ramis, you know, like that's when they had the little, I guess it was like the, I forgot, the little technical helmet that they had on, um, they had in this movie. I felt like the, the storyline from Spangler, I thought that was a beautiful storyline, well put together, it was a good shout out. I felt like at the beginning where they had the, the ghosts chasing Spangler, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I figured that, you know, they were probably gonna kill Spangler because the actor is actually deceased. So I thought that was cool. Definitely liked the opening scene. Yeah. Um, as I explained earlier. Yeah. Um the cinematography was real cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Um I was into the story, even though that the story was a little slow. It felt like it could have been a series. I, I would have appreciated it. I liked the cast. I thought they were pretty cool. Annis Potts, she reprised her role as Janine Melnitz. I thought that was pretty cool seeing her again. I predicted that the key master and the gatekeeper, who they were going to be at the beginning, because it made sense, you know, the, the, the key master is the, the male and the gatekeeper would be the female. So I was thinking who were the most two important gate masters or key masters, or gatekeepers that would, you know, be it. I figured it would be Paul Rudd and also uh, the mother. Can't think of her name right now. My, oh, okay. So, and also I like the fact that the black man was rich and wealthy. You know, even though they tried to play him, you know, uh, on other things, but I, I like the fact that he was rich and wealthy, and it had two in credit scenes. I so I did enjoy that. What about yourself, Ben? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I did like the special effects. Special effects was good. We did get a chance to check out some of the trailers, so I say, I mean, ultimately, I, I really didn't like like the the, the film. But um, but I do feel like um, the special effects is good. You know, what I mean, granted, you know, considering the, the the year that we're in, in comparison to the '80s and the '90s, when those sequels came out, um, <clears throat> I definitely like how they 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 had the brother at the end caked up. You know, what I mean, wealthy and stuff. That was a really good look. They didn't have to throw that in. It was interesting that they even took that approach. Um. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now the dislikes. Would you like to start off the dislikes, or would you like to? Yeah. All right. So I feel like you know overall, in listening to you explain some of your likes, um, it's so unoriginal. It's it's so so unoriginal. Uh, for one, because I, I mean. They had to go with the gatekeeper and the key holder thing all over again. Like, like give it a break. Like, come up with an original, you know, uh, monster, if you will, right? Or some, you know, pro, um, antagonist. Like, why did they have to do like a spinoff of part two? Um, I, I think that that was that was kind of cheesy. Or part two? <clears throat> part. Oh, excuse me. Part one part one is what I meant you know um, and as we saw like part two was a reflection of part one 
So, you know, um, I didn't like the fact the movie was unrealistic as hell, man. You had characters, <clears throat> excuse me, you had supernatural paranormal activity taking place, and the characters was acting totally like unaffected like not scared they're like entertaining all this all this supernatural paranormal stuff going on example first example you have a little girl playing chess the chessboard pieces start moving by themselves instead of her like you know acting like any average or regular person who would go run tell mommy hide you know throw the chessboard away she actually allows it to engage her to the point where she's using um you know spirit spirit tracking devices to take her to the basement which is another you know um unrealistic situation where she she goes to the basement of the on the on the on the farm that they were staying in and there's a lamp guiding her to to investigate and look into like artifacts and old stuff to the to the ghostbuster click I mean, the whole thing was just unrealistic. I could go on and on and on about some of that stuff. So I think that those that in itself, because Ghostbusters always at least you know, it, was, it was more comedy than than um, horror, but they always was able to harness a bit of spookiness. And I feel like they just didn't do that with this one. It was just like a lot of unrealistic, like not even poor acting, but just I guess the direction of the directors or the writers, like. They just made every character who had a paranormal experience, like their reactions were just so unrealistic that it just really killed it for me. So uh, I, I thought it was one thing that we did, it did make us jump on. I can't remember what it was. Cause I was like, if something happened, I looked at you, I was like, all right, yeah, it got me. That the got beginning, me. the probably the opening scene. The opening scene was my favorite part of the movie, actually. That's, I that's I what I like. The opening scene was dope. No, no, yeah, the opening scene was dope. I mean, uh, the jump, it was a jump and it was scene. very misleading. Actually, the opening scene was actually very misleading because it made you think that that's what you were gonna get out of the movie. At least for me, right? Like spooky mystery, you know, a little, little like that's the only part of the movie that was scary, or or had a sense of spookiness to it. Was the beginning? I kind of, it was a jump scare. I, I wish I remembered it. Can't remember it. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, cool, cool. Now, my dislikes. Oh, my bad. Were you finished with your yeah. dislikes? Yeah. Okay. My dislikes. My thing was nobody in the Spangler family was getting freaked out by the ghosts, and that was what you said earlier. That that was a dislike for me as well. They could some type of concern. They could have. They could. That's what I'm saying. They could have executed so, that. They could have executed that and, and wrote more around that to make it develop better. You know what I mean? I think it goes to the point of them trying to get to where, wherever they were trying to go with it. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And it was just like, all right, because we focusing on the story of them getting scared from ghosts, which is typical, that will take the story in a different direction or make the story longer. So we need to get straight to the point. You know, and that's, and that's unfortunate. I think that goes back to what I was saying about it felt like it should have been a series because in a series you would get that. You know what I mean? You can get them being afraid or trying to be creative yeah. as a writer to find a way 
not to reveal anything to the other characters. Yeah. So it can be podcast and you know and the young yeah. lady. You know what I'm saying? I get that, but that's where you gotta, you know, brainstorm and you know, and but it's better for a series because you can have obstructions, you know what I'm saying? To you know, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that, Vic. Um, and it could have been more clever, even if they wanted um the characters to not be phased by by these paranormal um activities, they could have executed it better. Right, they could have actually made an effort to make it seem like one of those situations where I know I seen this, like kind of like how, how uh, you know, the little girl she seen the chess pieces move the first time and she wasn't sure. It could have been like something like that. It could have been some damn writings on the walls or something, but just for it to be like blatant, like floating objects. And come on, man. Right. It might as well have been a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean. Another thing that kind of adds to it with the young lady, um, uh, Phoebe, was when we were following the brother, uh, Trevor. The part where they were standing at the at the mine, and then you see the ghost flares shooting out of the mines and everybody thought it was just funny thank oh, you like so like, much for reminding like, like, like me like it was like fireworks like thank you like, <clears throat> thank you so much for freaking reminding me that another unrealistic bullshit like, oh wow like beautiful it's like the whole entire movie was like that though like every paranormal experience and that's what i'm saying like um ghostbusters was never like that like people it wasn't that slow, but not only that, like when there was paranormal activity, people ran from the shit. They were to, like, especially in part one. Part one, people was like really reacting to to what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it almost feels like I'm not gonna lie to you. To be honest, part one, like even part two in this one, I'm not gonna include the 20, what 15 one or whatever. But if that was 2015, I can't remember. But no, nah, it wasn't 2015. Forgot what the other Ghostbusters was. It was trash. But I don't have to say that each each other sequel felt like it was in its own universe. Like the part yeah. two didn't follow part one, part three didn't follow part one either. You know what I'm saying? I want to say one and two, but it was kind of like you know. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, I'll say that because you had the first one was the State Puff Marshmallow, the second one was the uh, Statue of Liberty. So and it was like. It was almost like well, something well, small. Statue of Liberty wasn't the antagonist, though. It was actually no. But if if, if you were a New Yorker, no, no, they had to use her to 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 break the um the shell but of the, the slime. But if you were a New Yorker and you see the Statue of Liberty, so you're saying if you if you were New York, you see the Statue of Liberty walking down the street, just whatever. No, 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 no. You misunderstand what I'm saying. Oh, that, well, that's why I was going. Oh uh, no, the marshmallow was a was a was an enemy. Right. Yeah. Statue of Liberty wasn't an enemy. It was being used as a hero but i get what you're saying though when we when we're comparing like you know giants walking in the city which is right yeah i yeah, get like, it. like there's no re- there's there should be some type of some type of like statue monument you know what i'm saying that that represents what happened in those two days you know what i'm saying like that like that's a monumental thing but yet in the third one it kind of was just like oh you know we have to look up on 
you know, YouTube to figure out that this happened in New York, that that the Statue of Liberty walked, the Statue of Liberty and the State Puff Marshmallow both walked down the street. You know, like you have to look that up on YouTube to find that out. Like right. that should have been, yeah. like, you know, that should that would have been talked about for generations. Well, 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 I think, I think, I mean, no, I think that that was appropriate, right? Because, I mean, they're trying to make it very, um, relevant to today's time especially dealing with kids like kids are gonna they're not gonna go and see the friggin articles at the library or whatever the heck you call it the like the archives and shit they, youtube is where you you look up you know old shit like that's that's our new age archives you know what i'm saying to, to, to some degree uh, a certain uh, uh, events however i just think that the setting in itself took away from the movie i just feel like it was just very bad writing man like the setting that they put it in the place that they put it in it was it 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 made the film feel slow and then the development of the film itself was slow it was like you know it was just a lot of slow shit going on and then you know just bad reactions to to when things were supposed to pick up which really took away from it you know let's just say the movie wasn't going moving slow but i think the people's reactions was so unaffected by the paranormal activities that it was just like oh look at that where it should have been like you know like oh my gosh and it it created a, a bit of excitement and in um intrigue and in, 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 in um, suspense you're just like oh okay so they seen ghosts before they they seen shit flying out of boxes and stuff before you know what i mean right yeah i, yeah, I think that's that was the problem when this they they made it seem like it is weird because it made it seem like it always happened but at the same time nobody knows anything about it right and, and, and right I, and and that's why i want to kind of go back to like I, like I, I don't know maybe i'm not i'm not a parent so, if the state of marshmallow and the Statue of Liberty walked down New York City, you would not tell your kid about it. Like you, your kid would have to look that up on YouTube. Right. Okay, I get you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's something that, I would like be like. Do you know what? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like that's something to year. talk about. Like you know what I mean? That, that that's something that's going to be traveled. I mean, travel. That, that's going to something that's going to be mentioned from generations to generations unless something else happened in that generation and we see that what happened in that generation didn't even compare that was something well, but it didn't compare to what happened in New York well well, this is what I would say this is what I would say um, and and I want to you know preface by saying you know um, my condolences and um, to, to those who lost, you know, family members in on the 9/11 attacks. But um, and and from there, I'll say that I want to raise this point that how many people you know, um, you know, in this day and age, you know, bring up 9/11 that was affected like like on a regular basis. Like I think it's one of those things that happens that happens. Listen, to what I'm saying. So, so something I can see the expression. Though. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> you got one in the chamber. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, like it's sometimes there's some certain events that take place where you really don't want to relive it. You don't want to tell the story because it was so horrific. You just want to kind of bury it, especially when it comes to children. Like to your peers is one thing, but when it comes to like the younger generation, it's not a story. Like guess what? you know planes crashed into the bit like no nah, that's not 
something that now if they set if an appropriate conversation around the subject come around like kind of a segue point that was raised in the conversation of the tallest buildings in new york city or you know earthquakes or some shit and buildings falling over then it would be a a, a reasonable um segue uh you know into bringing that up to children but i don't but but coming back to the point of you know the marshmallow man and the statue of liberty i don't think that for 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 such a a a generational gap that like that's gonna be like the parents first thing be like yeah so let me tell you about the time when the marshmallow man came through and crushed the buildings yeah i mean that's i I did want to i did want to say this though what one thing about 9-11 you know it was such a tragedy but you had heroes you had the ghostbusters they saved the day both times you know what I'm saying? Right. That's, that's going to be something that's always going to be mentioned. There's going to be a day for that. You're not going to have it where they're just disrespecting them. They would be. They would have a holiday. You know what I'm saying? Every even in even in, in the tragedy of 9/11, every 9/11 you're going to have. They're going to talk about it. They're always going to relive it. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So those are like nine equivalent to 9/11. Yeah, hell, that might be bigger than 9/11. But here's the thing about this film. This shit took place in Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. But what we're so, we talking about the other was Which was why? State. Why of all places was it in friggin' Oklahoma? I mean, it was just it was just really bad, son. Well, I would say this. The reason I you know, sometimes it's a bunch of issues. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you know, like Ghostbusters hasn't been out since what the eighties. So it's kinda of maybe I think it dropped with the early nineties or something like that, part two. So the thing is, if you don't have a budget for it, you can't just really, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're gonna have to make it smaller to kind of fit, you know, a Take that shit upstate New York, man, but Oklahoma? I mean, either way, they probably should, they could have shot it upstate, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I mean, Oklahoma, I, I don't know why Oklahoma, I don't know if that's, you know, what, what I'm saying is, is like, give us, you know what one of the things that made to me that that seemed and maybe i gotta go back but i mean even from the clips now that i'm older you know what i mean like what one of the things that made ghostbusters ghostbusters and, and really made them so good is that they were like any inner city you know is like inner city uh I don't know what to call them, but you know what I mean? Like just being in the scene, heroes, you know what I'm saying? Like there wasn't no farmland. Like it it wasn't, it wasn't that man. And I I just feel like this, 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 um, this addition to, to the trilogy, man, it, it, it really did a disservice and it tarnished the brand to me. It tarnishes the brand. It's like friggin' the little rascals, rascals finds the ghostbusters you know uniforms and try to play ghostbusters like that's you know what i mean like that's what i feel like man it's it just it, yeah, you know they gotta keep it to the recordings though but. i feel what they trying to do but i it's you know um i was talking to i was talking to keith earlier and we were like you know and, and this could kind of go into the subject of comparison right um i remember you and i were talking about you know if this was better than part one or part two and i feel like that was the wrong comparison to make i feel like based off of what we keith and i were talking was like you know you want to 
compare this to like genres that has already done this right taking this approach of like young kids dealing with a horror situation or mature situations and, and the best films to do that to execute that was either um it which was like hard hardcore horror you could kind of categorize it and then you had stranger things which is a little softer right and i feel like that's the approach that this film should have taken considering that it has such a strong cult following and it's it's always you know what i'm saying embrace like real horror like not real horror per se but you know just spookiness and scariness and they didn't they they went really 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 safe and soft and they made it like real child's play and that's never been ghostbusters ghostbusters was for kids for us but, no, it was for the adults too bro but that's the thing their, their focus is on kids but even there was hardly nobody what was that opening night that was open at night, dog. There was nobody in that damn theater, son. I mean, in, in the theater we were in, talking to the theater we were Yeah. Wow, we don't know what's going on across the world. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's a reflection. What? Of what we saw. <laughs> 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 I want to believe that. But I also to go back to what you were saying. Uh, like, there wasn't a lot going on. Oh, well, I wasn't a lot going on. There was... When spectacular things were happening, people weren't really reacting. Like there was a lot of, I saw somebody casually walking when they were, it was a scene when they were in the, um, the, 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 what do they call it? The Ecto, Ecto one. And the kids were like shooting, chasing after the ghost, the metal chomper or whatever. I saw somebody casually walking in the street when that was happening. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, really, nobody is really like you know. Seeing what's going on, on, people were staring, but like people were people were just weren't reacting well enough to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wasn't feeling lucky. You know, the black shorty. I wasn't feeling her being. I felt like she was being over sexualized. Was I tripping on that? Um, because I yeah. felt like they were you know, focusing on the titties. You yeah, know what they, I'm they, I didn't. I didn't notice that. But 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 in retrospect, now that you then I found out she was 23, so I was like. I, but uh, but but still, it was kind of like they do. They I feel like they try. They the writers were just doing. Like they was trying so hard to like embrace certain elements. I'm getting annoyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like she she really wasn't even necessary. Her character. Yeah, her character wasn't necessary. It was just kind of like that that love interest of. It really really I feel like her character gave. Uh, the brother's role relevance because he, he's really a non-factor like there's right, really right. there's there's no significance to his character other than him just fixing the car and other than him fixing the car and then having like wanting to be part of the cool kids cool kids club and more importantly there's you know getting this girl's attention right. there was no like it's just a, a lot of a lot of bullshit a lot of bullshit and bad writing yeah, it was certain things I noticed, very small things I'm nitpicking, where young lady Lucky was trying to use the the radio, I guess, to call her father or whatever, and she was tapping it. Like, you just press it down. Like, we have one of those in the office. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was looking like, why is she tapping it? Like, like all you got to do is press it down and say, hey, you know, dad, uh, uh, control to 108, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. this had just tapping it and stuff. Like, what is she doing? You know what I'm saying? Also, too, uh, 
I didn't understand why the mother had to change, change dresses when she changed. Because if you notice, see, in, in part one, when Sigourney Weaver, when she became the, the gatekeeper, she, 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 I think she had that dress in her closet already. And she put that dress on, getting ready to mate. You know what I'm saying? That's her dress. That's her freakum dress. You know what I'm saying? Old boy didn't really have time to change. You know what I'm saying? He was at the party. He got attacked. You know what I'm saying? He had to be, you know, old girl was probably on the way to the meet zoo. He had to get his clothes all shredded. But it was on this one, it was like they changed her into that dress again. I'm like, why did they change her into the dress? I think that was old girl's dress. You know she ain't have nothing like that in her closet. <laughs> Get right. the hell out of here, yo! Yeah. But you know something? What I'm starting to realize, man, is like what I think they did, man, is um they literally took part one and was like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna remake this. It was gonna be a remake, um, but we're gonna but the twist, right? Is it's a remake with the twist. Uh, it's going to be children. It's going to be same exact story, just in a different setting, you know, uh, you know, and it's just going to be kids, you know, involving kids, but it's the same exact shit. And one thing about dealing with kids, sometimes you have to deal with flat acting at times. Yeah. Um, the destruction of the town felt too small. Like you're talking about New York City. Like you, that's you know, what I'm saying. One, the, that's what the, I mean. Uh, uh, State Park Marshmallow, New York City. All right, part two. New York they, City. It was New York City, but the it was about uh, under this under New York City. There was a a spiritual element, not spiritual, but what do they call it, ecto element or whatever. Spiritual where, shit. Where it was like being run under. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was flowing under to, to, to the yeah, to, uh, it, New York City. It was supposed to be made to be big. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I know you had the zoo situation will get me wrong and then you know state of marshmallow was zools you know what i'm saying i guess uh bodyguard type of thing you know the, the secondary boss before you get to the the last boss whatever but this one was kind of more like you know uh, uh something worse that was supposed to be coming in to the city that probably was going to destroy i don't know if it became a planetarial uh situation i can't remember i haven't seen part two in a minute but when that painting was coming alive and i think if that you know, the way they didn't even let the entity come out of the painting lets me know that that entity was that dangerous. If it would have came out, it might have just fucked some shit up. Well, not only that, though, like, not, let's not overlook the fact that there was a lot of paranormal activity going on. In part two, when that slime, when that, that slime started to get out in the city, it released hordes of demons across the city and we started seeing all kinds of supernatural activity stuff taking place right when it, the like the not 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 no not that that was just on a small scale oh. and that was earlier in the film right. i'm talking about you know when the slime started to get out into the streets and they they had like um like you know dead like skeletons running around and women chinchillas uh uh minks jumping off their backs that the titanic ship arrived finally arrived into new york city it was all all kind of supernatural things that that took place and and then of course like you said if that demon guy was to get out that picture that painting it would have been all hell would have broke look this one they had a moment where you know they had like the demons released but it was like so short-lived and and like so it was a lot more comical like 
the whole the whole thing, man. It was just it, it made the character. I, I I did engage more with the characters. I felt I wouldn't say as much as part one or anything. Part two, we already knew who these characters were. Part two is basically, I guess, the uh, carbon copy of part one. So it's like this one. It was kind of like they had to do something new, and you know what I'm saying. But you know they were engaging, but at the same time. It's a lot of character development, a lot of time wasting, because it's basically an origin story all over again. You know what I'm saying? Now, my comparison, I compare this to Gremlins, Stranger Things, and Transformers. Vic already compared his. You already made his comparison. And rating. Uh, you did your rating. You said for the rating, give it two proton packs. Two proton packs? Out of what? Five or ten? Okay, I give it a seven and a half lucky 1994 World Fair in New York coin. That's what I give it. Yeah, that will be it. And I appreciate you, Vic, for being on the no, show. No, no, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Vic, Vic is almost like knocked out of your mouth with wide open paws, <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> He looking like Stevie Wonder. No, he looking like Ray Charles. All you need is shades. But nah, man, I'm glad I had you here. Clean is out too. Everybody's out. You know what I'm saying? So, man, we about to get out. Uh, would you like to leave your social media or anything like that? Nah, not at the moment. Right. That's what's up. You can reach me at Critical Blue Reviews. Critical with a K. Uh, Critical Blue Reviews on Instagram. With the K, of course, Critical Blue Reviews on Twitter, the K, of course, and also Critical Blue on Facebook. All right, folks, that's going to be it, and you all enjoy your day. All right, one.